Hi guys, welcome back to the Original Judo Podcast. I'm James Austin and I'm delighted today to welcome onto the show. She is a uh, silver medalist from the World Junior Championships back in 2014. She was a long-time member of the British squad and switched, I think in 2018, 2019, to represent Jamaica. Um, delighted to welcome it's Ebony Drysdale Daly to the show. Hi Ebony, how are you doing? Hi, fine, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we've, we've just been chatting off air and you had loads to say. <laughs> and then um, that caught me off guard. How, how's it all going? Um, are you well? Yes, thank you. Just here, working in these times. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's on time. We'll get to that. But um, in, case, in case people don't know you, how did you get started in judo? Uh, I, okay, um, I started when I was five. I remember it just because my mum was so unwilling. I used to watch Nikolai, who was my older brother, one of my older brothers, always yeah. go with my dad, and I just always used to be sitting there, just all like, just like, please take me, please take me, always <laughs> come boy. And then like, finally, like, they took me one time, and my mum was like, saying no, and you could see it in her face, and even now, it sounds dramatic, but she looked like she wanted to cry, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but I was so happy. And she was just like, uh, just basically mumbled like, yeah, but it wasn't really yeah. And I was just straight out the door and then I was happy. <laughs> I was just happy to be there. I don't even think I really remember the session. It was just like all games, but I was just so happy that I could just go because they were really? always going to leave me. I was just like, please take me. I take it your mum's not judo, but... No. Mum's funny, though. Mum hasn't been or seen me fight in years, but to be uh, oh, fair wow. to her, uh, she did used to come back in my BJC times. And AJA mm-hmm. and all of that. And some BJA as well, actually. But um, particularly BJC, she used to get told off a lot. Like, she used to be the mum. Mum's really quiet unless you know her. So she would have been sat, <laughs> unassuming, very unassuming. But as soon as you see me start fighting, she would just be, her mouth would be faster than mine. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be having kittens and everything. She always used to get told off and dismissed. So um, <laughs> she didn't come anymore. And yeah, but no. Apart from your mum, then, do you come from a judo family? Yeah, well, at some point, at least most of my siblings, I'm one of many, um, did it. Dad does it. Uh, Dad sort of started this off, really. I think initially his brother went. They could, like, best him at fighting and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But then, um, then then Dad took it up, like, obviously not as a child, but in older age, like, they're all, like, adults. Um, Dad definitely had kids. And, uh, yeah, so then Dad started... And then we all just like started coming, like we just filtered in, like we all started doing it. So oh, the people that are still doing it is Nikolai, who's older than me, and then Caleb, who's younger than me. So then the three of us are still trying to compete at some level. But then, uh, yeah, all my other siblings have at least, you know, been on the mat at least once. Brilliant. Ah, oh, no, that's really good. Um, again, what, what have been some of your career highlights? Uh, definitely, um, Junior Worlds, as you said earlier, best results, uh, silver in 2014. But my actual favourite moment, which people probably won't even, like, well, no one would think about really. So we lost you there, but I think I've got you back now Uh, on the phone. Uh, we were just talking about your career highlights and you'd, uh, talked about the Junior Worlds and then you'd gone on to start to talk about something else. So initially, when um, 
I started like at the centre. It was like the first time I got selected to go abroad and fight domestically with the team. So it was actually Portugal. Was it juniors? I think it was, yeah, it was juniors. Juniors Portugal. And then obviously I just it was just pure adrenaline and like stress. And I was just like, oh, if I don't win like a medal, get a result, then I'm definitely not going going abroad again. And I remember being there because of the excitement and winning the medal. And um, actually, like, that stays in my head because when I did that, I was like, that gave me basically the the thing in my head to be like, oh, I can definitely do this. And it made me have a bit of confidence for the rest of the year. And obviously, that's what happened. And I managed to do well in junior world. So that, for me, is a good memory. Like, one of my best highlights just because I was like, oh. And some of the ways that I won won fights were quite funny, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it and it's actually on in video and we went back to the centre and was all laughing at the video and I was thinking, Yeah, like that was an accident. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it anyway. <laughs> it was like basically, um I thought this girl was really strong and obviously I was nervous as I was fighting her and um she was winning, she was beating me. And um what did she do? I think she went to like throw me or something. Do something. I don't know what throw it was yet, but I actually, I cartwheeled off it. And I mean, like, I didn't mean to cartwheel off it, but my <laughs> body just bended. Like, I literally, it wasn't even a proper cartwheel. Like, I, I, I cartwheeled over a bent arm. Like, my arm was bent. I wheeled off my elbow and my hands, landed on top of her and held her down. And then looked up at her coach and her coach was just like flapping his hands. And I was just, <laughs> I myself laughing. I looked at the crowd. And I will always remember Jodie just pissing herself laughing. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there and taken some of those wins. Um, I was just like, oh, my God. I didn't even know it could bend that way. It was good. <laughs> that Junior Worlds, though, was quite, uh, you know, you had quite a strong group of athletes at that time. I think you had um, the French girl who's just won mm-hmm. the Worlds, Gahi. Yeah. Um, you had the Croatian, Matic. Yeah. Um, I know the Dutch girl for, I think, I can't remember where she ended up. There was, yeah, it, it was quite a tough year. Yeah. Um, so I'd always say the reason why I'm not so positive about that is I always felt like I could have actually performed better in the final. Like, my, I just wasn't there. I didn't. Whatever like was like surrounding me, I just didn't believe that I could win it, and that was the whole thing. So oh, wow. when you can actually see me when I'm on this like the the podium, like I'm not really smiling. Like granted, you look exhausted because it's been a long day, but I'm not like always. When I look back on that memory, like it's not a true positive. Like that's why I kind of like really kind of stem away from that. If I'm completely honest with you, like um, I know that before when I had the semis, like. Um, Obviously, the way that people chose to, like, be support around it, like, wasn't really, like, my setting in it. But I took myself out of that equation and was just like, look, Ebony, you need to um, train yourself to, like, eat and just sleep. So that's what I did before the semis. I was able to eat a sandwich, force myself to go to sleep, and then I was ready for the semis. And I was just like, come on, just do this. Because, like, the grip was there for me to be like, look, like, if you win this year, you're definitely going to have a medal. And that's what was in my head. And um, I saw how she fought in competitions prior. And I must have trained with her, like, a few months before that in the training camp. One fight. But then I was just like, you know what? She's not invincible. I thought to myself, I can definitely throw her if, like, I just, like, um, beat her to the punch. Because at that time, 
I just knew, I didn't know, I was just like, oh yeah, she's like really aggressive, confirm, whatever, but I had in my head a little game plan, so that's what I did, and I got lucky, so I was just like, okay, yeah, can definitely beat her, there was confidence there, and then when yeah. I went into the finals, didn't have that confidence, I was just like, you're the same as this girl, I can definitely beat you, but the self-belief and everything, and how I just was back then in the setup, I was just like, ooh. Like, that edge wasn't there, and I just felt so, like, upset with myself and deflated. It was, like, fit in the moment of when I was actually on the mat, like, just different things going through my head. So it's not always a positive. Of course, really grateful, really happy that I actually, like, meddled. When I came back, it was lovely. Came back, and I remember I got to see Fitz and Dave, and that was really nice, and they hugged me. <laughs> <laughs> that was really nice. That was oh. nice, but actually being there... Like, in that moment, it was just like, oh, a bit deflated. Didn't really set in. Didn't believe it. Didn't believe it. I think a lot of people do talk about how the silver medal is, like, the worst medal to come away with because you've you finished the day on a loss. But it's interesting to hear you talk about how you you felt, like, that your mindset had changed in between yeah. the semi-final and the final. Because I was just, like, I was so pressed to be, like, come on, like, uh, you know, when you kind of, not even rationalise, you know, like, task manage. I put it to the back of my head. I didn't really think about her as a person or think like, oh, like, she's too hard or all of that. Like, those were there, but they weren't the focus. It was just like, oh, don't think about it. Just the whole drive for the day was, look, you've got you've got this far. Like, just make sure you get in a position to get a medal. Just make sure you medal. That's yeah. what, especially because I didn't medal at Europeans. I was just like, make sure you medal. So that's what was all in my head. And then when I got to the finals, I was just like, oh, you, you're not good enough. Da, da, da. Like, it was just, just different kind of like, I just put a bit of a come down. It just wasn't, I uh, think about different, different things, different on the day. And as it was all happening, my mind was just a bit, yeah. So you obviously still compete at 70 kilos. Yeah. Um, you changed, uh, nationality or you changed representation uh yeah. last year or the year before it was a very long process but i competed last year officially representing jamaica yeah what what was the thinking behind the switch obviously 70s in the uk mm-hmm. is phenomenally strong mm-hmm. and i think there's a at least one other athlete i'm thinking uh megan who's changed yeah uh, nationality as well Mm-hmm. What what was your thought process of around switching representation? Ultimately, like, it was never meant to be because there was already uh, more than one person ahead of me. Uh, Sally had already got an, an Olympic bronze and it was just a given that, you know, she's going for the next cycle and there's still stronger people. And then I was more than pleased when I actually got offered, like, funnily enough, I was still competing and it wasn't an option, and I was just training, and I was just, um, I did a competition in Spain, and then yeah. I got told, um, Sandra approached me, and she was just like, you're still competing, would you? And I was just like, yeah, like, too good to be true, just like, literally, just like, you just all knocked in my stomach, and everything, and I was just like, definitely, because the whole point of me doing this, like, people always say it, um, but it is true, like, there's basically most of my life like I've always been doing judo and it is it is a desire to go to the Olympics not just because like 
want to go because it's what you've put in and it's literally a part of you at this point like that's how I feel about it but so it was just something I always wanted to do and it was more like uh reachable joining Jamaica but then likewise as well believe it or not me and Nicole used to joke about this all the time we used to be like if there's a Jamaican team gonna be on the Jamaican team be like we literally probably even spoke until this actually happened like thank you god (laughs) this is literally like we're going to be a Jamaican team. We're going to sew, sew, and, um, sew the patches on our own kit. I literally had, like, a tiny Jamaican flag. That, oh, um, seriously? I did. So, you know when you have the GB flag, yeah, and you have it stitched on your kit? I had yeah. the Jamaican flag, and I got scared because I put it on the inside of my judo suit. I never actually wore it. Like, I tore it off. <laughs> but it was uh... on the inside. <laughs> because, obviously, my grandparents are Jamaican, and my dad yeah. was born in Jamaica, and... um. So there's all of that, and I was just like, oh, like, I do feel heritage, like, on both parts, like, and I just be thinking, like, oh, can I have granddad coming in the crowd, cussing, talking, <laughs> talking like a yardie, but being like, oh, yeah, and then waving the flag, and I'd be like, <laughs> just, like, literally, especially when you used to, when I used to watch, um, well, obviously, you still watch the Olympics, you know, when you're always watching the sprinting, and I'm clearly rooting for all the Jamaican sprinters, it's just a thing, I've always yeah. So, like, I've never always just been, like, supporting GB team, but likewise, I'm not going to lie, um, when I actually changed and then I knew, like, it was, like, my last, like, event, like, I got to do um, European mixed teams before I changed, but I told them beforehand and they were so happy for me to do it and they were really nice and good about it. And um, I did feel sad, like, I'm not going to lie, at the end of the day, like, I still, like, I am British. But I, yeah. I have a dual heritage, so I appreciate and I accept both as both parts of me. Like, I was born and I grew up here, but likewise, um, I do I do have that Jamaican background just because of how I was grown and raised, like, in my household and my grandparents. So I do still feel, like, a close connection with that. Like, the only sad thing is, like, real morbid, but my grandparents are dead. <laughs> only one is still alive. <laughs> But she's got dementia, so, you know, <laughs> she ain't going to know what's happening if she even does see me go to the Olympics. But, you know, it's still it's one of them ones. It's still a bit of, like, pride and being like, okay. But then, yeah, it did make me feel really sad. Like, especially when I did Europeans, I was like, I never get to do Europeans again. I will never get a European medal. It made me feel sad because I do feel like, you know, that's that pride there for Great Britain. But then... Yeah. Likewise, Jamaica's still in my heart. It's I'm an, not gonna lie. It, it's an it opportunity, though. Thing. It's an opportunity to do it, isn't it? Yeah. So I as still in, feel a type of like pride to like have the Jamaican flag on my chest. But yeah, obviously, ultimately, the first thing in my head was just pure. You just like a breath of fresh air, like to be like, I have a chance to go to the Olympics. I have a chance to. Uh, reach my goals and yeah. I have a chance to achieve something and this has been given to me so always when it was offered to me I was just so happy like nothing else came into my head like I was just like oh really happy really happy really happy and then obviously like it was just like when I thought about Europeans I was like oh didn't expect to feel like this but yeah no I'm very like happy and proud and shocked really obviously make a judo didn't exist but now it does so everything for a reason yeah so i know there's been some big changes recently with jamaican judo but uh, mm-hmm. in regards to 
changing nationality. I think personally, I think it's a a great decision because you've given yourself that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, you know, GB is so strong at the seventy kilo weight category because mm-hmm. without someone like yourself who's a junior world medalist, you were number three, number four because you obviously had Sally, yeah. you also yeah. had Gemma and Megan. Yeah. Um, Whoa, there's a even, couple of younger girls now, Emma Reed. Yeah, there was everyone at the, in the mix at one point. Like literally, there was like basically like seven people. Like you could like, yeah. easily just say because they were training at the centre all time, the same weight category, and getting results. So, and where are you training at the moment? I still train at the centre, but I train with Fitz and Dave. So yeah. We have our own training um, on the other half of the mat, and sometimes we do integrate um, on their Andori sessions and vice versa. But for the main part, we always do our sessions, and then we have our club sessions as well, and that's my main bulk of judo. And then obviously have to try and build on outside and on top of that, but that's where I train, so basically in the same building. <laughs> See everyone, be like, hi! <laughs> <laughs> they be like, ah, oh. some, some of the banter, house banter, they be like, ah, oh, you're not supposed to be in here. You're not, you're not GB. like, ah! Oh. <laughs> yeah. so, so my next question is, which club are you representing? So obviously, I think you started at Erdington. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously Fitz was... Is was my coach Hardy Spicer the two local clubs rivals? Who do you <laughs> stick down now in your license? Hardy's. Do you? Excellent. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Fantastic. Um, so I know you have uh at the moment won the continental spots for the yeah. Olympic Games. Um, how are you feeling at the moment? How are you affected at the moment? Obviously, with the coronavirus situation going on, the games have been put back. I'm imagining you're trying to train at home. What? Yeah. How are you feeling? Literally, I just didn't want to accept it initially. Like, when it was happening, I was just like, oh, oh, oh. you always kind of felt like they were going to cancel it. But I was just like, no, being optimistic. I was just like, the Spanish food and stuff, so... But then when it happens, just have to accept it and take it. Like, got to imagine there's a large sum of people that are in my position or worse. Mm-hmm. So for me to get over, to get through it, not over it, I just had to accept it. And I just had to rationalize, like literally be really mechanical and be like, look, is what it is. And likewise, it's just time to improve myself because still going into it, if it would have happened this year, um, Still, I would have still been, you know, still trying to build to my peak anyway. So it is still the same predicament. I just got to remain to train and train harder. The only thing that's been tough for me is obviously I just reside in my house right now. And mum won't let me throw her on the grass, so it's a bit deep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what what had you got planned for the rest of this year in the run-up to the Games? Ew, wow, I was I was just trying to get as many fights as possible. So I was literally uh, about three places were booked. I was meant to do the Grand Prix in Turkey. Then, um, oh, is it bad that I can't remember? Oh, yeah. Morocco, <laughs> no, Grand Prix in Mor- Morocco as well. Can't remember the order. And then obviously Pan American Championships. And I thought that was even more exciting for me just because the hardy people in my category was going to be a given that I'd fight them. 
and that's better for me because obviously they're just there in it. So like it would have been like the the Cuban and the Venezuelan the, and the Portugal the like no, Colombian girl Alvir and yeah the Brazilian yeah. girl and yeah, yeah. so South America been, as a continent I know it's a Pan American it is South America as a continent is so strong yeah at seventies it's such a yeah. like all round it's one of the, for me it's one of the stronger divisions. Mm. Um, I'm going to say that because it's my weight, so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) So how are you training at the moment? How are you managing it? Well, I hate running, but I've been dragging my fat self to run. (laughs) (laughs) And then my cop out for running is going on bike rides, but I'm equally unhealthy. And some of the times I like to like, well, I do this for running as well. I try and find a hill struggle up the hill and then my reward is coming back down it faster (laughs) (laughs) but the bike the bike is so dodgy like I'm not gonna lie to you the last time I probably rode this bike is probably like two years ago when I almost died when I was coming back from working and um it's because the bar handle slips out and it's not because the (laughs) Alpi is you loose yeah like the bike's just dodgy and it's what my dad gave me like I was just like but obviously I was just like no I'm sick of running so you should be proud and impressed of me. Yeah, I got, I don't know what it is. Is it a wrench or whatever? I like, I did bend it. Like I broke the wrench, whatever, but I tightened it. <laughs> I tightened it. And so far, touch wood. Yeah. Even though I bent the thing, it has stayed in. Like the handlebar has not come off and I've gone downhill. But the bike in itself is like, I should, it's an old bike. It's, I think I'm, I think it's better than running, but I can't change gears. So it's a bit hard. Like I'm very out of breath and I realize how weak my legs are. So something, Something's getting stronger. I think my belly's getting fatter. My legs are getting stronger. Because <laughs> I'm definitely eating more, like, way more. Like, I eat just because. There's been many a night where I've gone to sleep, honestly, and I am very full. And I wake up feeling very full and a little bit ill. So that's unhealthy in itself. So is, so. Your, weight, is your weight something you have to be careful of when you fight? Um, didn't it used to be. But, you know, I have its peak moments. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, so, when they when they did cancel the games, like, what were your thoughts? Did you think it was a good decision? Do you um, think it was something they could have postponed a bit further? Initially, so initially, I was just going on the grace of no, just keep it how it is, keep it how it is, keep it how it is. Like this is what I've set my mind to. Like it needs to be that day, it needs to be there, it needs to be that month. And then when it was getting closer, I was just like, ooh, September. Like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know. But in the grand scheme of things, I just thought about how it was going to be as an event. Uh, the only thing that only really stressed me out when they said postponing it was, I was like, is it going to be the same level of event if you postponed it? Is it going to have all these athletes? You know, like, I just, I want it to be exactly as it should be. Yeah. And then, so... Even though I didn't fully accept it when I think by the time I just got so stressed out, like I just accepted it when they said it's a whole year. I was just like, you know what? That's better because for me, um, it's not a thing of like, ah, oh, um, I plan to retire after this game. So it, it was never a thing for me. So I know people are in a much difficult thing. Like I had to put in consideration, like imagine if you were one of those people, like that's really alarming, really stressful to think, oh, my God, like, I'm going to have to commit for a whole other year. So I just thought, you know what, don't be stupid. Like, you've actually got this little, like, grace period, like, it's the same. And then, um, so that made me accept it. And really, 
Um, I think it was probably better that I got angry about it before it actually happened because I was just getting angry when people just used to throw it in conversation. And it wasn't a fact of, uh, they were throwing it in conversation. It was like, I don't want to talk to you about it. Like the only people I wanted to talk about it was my coach. So when yeah. every random person was saying it to me, I was getting really defensive. I was just like, this is not a conversation for me and you. Like, you pissing me off. <laughs> I was just like, it's just too long. Don't want to address it. Got me like all upset, made me feel sad. Then actually when they changed it, I was just very accepting. The only thing that is in my mind now is the qualification process and period and it's still a bit up in the air. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that's in my head. I was thinking, oh, what if I don't actually go now? Like, that's what's in my head. But you can't think like that. So, yeah, I, th- I think you. I mean, it, it, it's harsh. You what, whatever they end up deciding, you, you've got to hope that it's in the best interests of the athletes. And it will kind of reflect um, a similar qualification period. Like they'll give well, like three or four know. months of events. Oh, what, well, what do you think they'll do? Because, you know, because they cancelled it. They cancelled it when back, shh, what month were in? So they started cancelling stuff from back in March. So in my head, I'd feel like you'd fill it in from March, what yeah. would have been this year. But then I'm thinking, hmm, you were saying a whole year of cycles. So then you're like, what, when everyone's okay to travel again, are you going to start back in September? Are you going to give Paris the Olympic calling points again? And then the other competitions yeah. and that? Ah, yeah, you see, for me, that's never happened. Like, to my knowledge, in the history of, like, the Olympics, that's never happened. So then people that never had the chance to go to the Olympics, that were never going to go to this Olympics, now have the chance. And that's a bit, like, it's a bit deep for me. Because you can imagine other people in different spots, maybe even including myself, like, it was, like, if it happened, like, normal, like, it was supposed to happen. Um, yeah. I would have went and then imagine someone just like knocks me out of it and you're just like oh Jesus like that was never meant like it's just not it's not a thing is it it's not fair you've like well I think that's a good point I do think that's a really good point and I think for more than anyone that I think it affects potentially the Japanese athletes mm-hmm. as in they they selected their team like literally a few weeks before everything was cancelled and now you're asking some of those athletes to wait a whole other year. And in mm-hmm. some cases, they they went with the more experienced player. Um, and again, I spoke to Danny Williams about this. And so I, I, I'm thinking 60 kilos, they went with Takato instead of um, Nagayama. So you've got mm-hmm. one a- athlete who's older and at his peak, presumably at the moment. And then you've got a younger athlete who's also absolutely phenomenal. But with an extra year, does he overtake the older athlete? Um, do they change their selections? Do they do they keep their selections for the whole year? Um, and again, you guys who are going through the qualifying have a, a different version of that. Like you said, mm. there's other people going to be coming into the picture. Um, but I think it, it sounds like you've got the right attitude. You've just got to... Take I it think for us, it's madness. Yeah. Like, there's so many variables. Like, we all went in my yeah. head. And that's why I think I was just like, you know what? Let's just accept it. Because if I just thought about everything, there's so many different things. I could be like, oh, this person can take me out. And da 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 da. But I was just like, especially like, continental quota, like, you're not in the green. So it's just like, what? Well, at the end of the day, my whole focus was always to do better anyway. Like, to get higher in the rankings through winning fights and getting places. So that is the same plan. So I just got to think of it as in just being in the same resume and it's just not worth thinking about anything else. But for me, it's the same thing that you apply to life. 
So, yeah, just keep it simple. In the Continental Quota, mm-hmm. um, are you aware of, like, who your main rivals are? I'm assuming that that's not going to be for the Olympic spot. I'm assuming it's not other athletes at 70 kilos. I'm assuming it's yeah, spread it's across, across the, the weights. Yeah, it's across the board. So it's, like, everyone, isn't it? All the weights, men and female. And it's been explained to me, but to be honest with you, it goes over my head. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I do think. I do think it's one of the more complicated systems. And I, I look at um, like the judo-based IGF data, the stats, the ranking lists, and yeah. that's the yeah, that's the one thing that it's hard to get your head around. But um, cool. So. All right, no, so we're going to start wrapping things up, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, thank you for your time so far. But what I want to know before we go, um, what is the best fight? So your best fight, something that represents you the mm-hmm. best. And it doesn't have to be anything there's video or footage of, but is there one fight that you're like proudest of and you think, yeah, that represents me at my best? Um... Um, I think got like two were there was a few fights in junior worlds where I was just like I showed more determination. So I remember I think it was Chinese girl was holding me down, and the, especially the type of hold down that she was doing as well, like she was pinning my upper body, like my shoulders. Usually, if your shoulders are pinned, you ain't getting out of that. I yeah. got her off, and then uh, I got her off like. I think just before it turned into a point, so I was proud of myself, but I made noises and everything. And then I was able to step it up and I threw a four upon and it was really good. I remember that. That was a proud moment. And um, that just for me, that was just like a bit of grit and edge. Like I was just like, no, like I'm not going to be defeated. And I remember myself being more spirited in the fight as well. So that's always yeah. a good one. And then also fighting the French in the same junior world, just because, especially in the beginning of the contest, I was able just to keep the tempo in the beginning of the contest, just so it did dip towards the end. But in the beginning, I'd say I was proud for like a few sections of the fight. Not necessarily my judo is great, but the spirit is what I value, like, especially if something like being older now and then coming back into it differently, like, it's hard to get that edge and confidence again. So, those are my favourite just because I was just like, yeah, like I'm fighting with just like no technique, no skill, but I'm, I'm fighting with determination and I like that. I think that's like, like when I'm in the flow of things, that's me. And then um, one, I think, was in Italy. And oh, this, I've never seen this French. Actually, I've seen this French girl this year. Or was it last year? Last year, because we're in 2020. Last year, in the, um, you know, when you look on my like, IGF and that, but now she's 78. And yeah. she's French, and she's called, like, it looks like Bastard, but it's not. It's like Bastard or something. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I threw her in competition, yeah. Doing an each matter. I shouted out and everything. Like, it was, like, such a good throw. I've never done it again in my life. I was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made a loud noise. And everyone was just like, oh, she's like, everyone looked at her like, she's going to destroy you. Because she was just, like, battering everyone. I was thinking, okay, then. <laughs> so I went out there, kind of just like tried to fight her viciously and then like came up lucky with that made a big noise and everything and that's like one of my highlight moments because it's on video as well like I did eat tomato and Fitz always ignores me and laughs at me for that 
I was like, watch the video and I had to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, what are your goals? What have you got coming up? So beyond the Olympics, are you looking at Commonwealths? Um, yeah. It sounds like you're not ready to finish from what, from what you were talking about earlier. Are you going to look at the next Olympic cycle? Yeah, definitely. So it's like, obviously you can't predict the future, but most definitely that's something that I want to do. I want to give myself more and expand more like I want at least these two cycles yeah. to you know actually do something and especially for like the setup of Jamaica judo like to build stronger like we've still got we ain't just myself so it's a bit like obviously it's exciting if I get to go to the Olympics and I don't just want to be there with something to be counted but it's going to be a, it would be a first and then, likewise, for Commonwealth, and Commonwealth is a big thing for Jamaica, and then it will be a sense of pride and a bit of elation as well, because I'm from Birmingham, so yeah. it'd be the first that my family, bar- barring my mother and my dad and a few of my siblings, would ever come and watch me, and that would be something, like, they're all there. Obviously, it'd be a bit embarrassing, but I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Oh, like they'll all be there, and then like my friends will be there, and it'll be something, something special in itself. Two things: Birmingham and Jamaica. Like it'd be important. So yeah, love it. Um, brilliant. And then, um, can you give me? Is there an athlete out there that you uh, really enjoy watching at the moment in terms of judo? Uh, in the beginning. Always used to like watching Clarice because I was just like, you know what? She doesn't joke. She's just like frozen her grips and she does kind of like hippie things. And I was like, oh, I think if I was trying to like match up my judo, that would be like most easiest for me to like look at. But I always used to watch Lucy Cost and like Fitz embarrassed me before actually and told her in front of me that I was a fan and it was really awkward and she just stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this quite a few I actually watched the male judo as well just because of their griffin not saying that I can do that because I definitely can't but I do so to be honest with you yeah I watch a few athletes I wouldn't say right now there's my favorite there's like my my old school originals are the people that I always like to watch yeah um but currently I just watch a few the obvious popular ones I'd have to say so one of the things I'm trying to run at the moment uh, through Twitter, so it only gets a handful of people taking part, which is quite fun, is Judoka of the Decade. And at 63's, uh, Clarice obviously came up as people's favourite. At 70's, um, Dacos obviously came up as people's favourite. And we're coming yeah, to the end of that. But overall, through all the categories, um, who would you say of the last 10 years has been the Judoka of the Decade? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Of the decade. 2010 to, yeah, the last six months or so. Over the last six months? Oh. 20, oh, 20, 20 from 2010 until the last six months. From the whole decade. Oh. Yeah. Oh, from, oh, okay. Well, the men, I'm not even going to say because I can't even say that. Well, obviously, it's going to be like the Japanese. That's why, yeah, it's a given, really. Like, yeah, they own that. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then women, obviously, Clarice, because she just dominates. But then it's not, yeah. 
Yeah, there's some seventies as well though. Um, but not re mm, getting back into their peak. Um. No, I'm not going to talk about my category because, you know, it'd <laughs> be a bit awkward, isn't it? You know, when you fight them in competition, they'd be like, ah, yeah, you think that I'm this, like, I'm the best. I'm thinking, God damn, I can't be on a pedestal. I need to beat you. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, but the two names you mentioned, like, yeah, Clarice is so dominant this last 10 years. She's, I think, got four world and Olympic titles across the whole decade. She's got more than anyone apart from uh, Teddy. You know, um, yeah, that's why. Like, you literally can't have the conversation without putting her name there. Of course, of course. And then right at the start of the decade, and going into the, the previous ten years, you had uh, Decross again, who was such a dominant athlete and always around the medals, and that won a couple of world titles and an Olympic title in the first two or three years of uh, this decade. So yeah, both. Phenomenal athletes. Um, Ebony, if people want to follow you, if they want to find out a little bit more about you, where can they find you on social media? Uh, oh, you know what? I don't even <laughs> If you would like to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, even though it's, uh, I will be active now. It's at judo underscore Ebony. And Brilliant. then, um, if you would actually, my Instagram's private. Um, you can follow me on Facebook as well. Ebony drives off daily. Maybe see me post a few memes. That's about it. Maybe see a few judo updates as well. And then, likewise, you can search for me on Instagram. If I see that you're judo, I will follow and you can follow me back. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Ebony, thanks so much for giving us your time. You take care. Thank you. <laughs>